We are in the middle of the book of Colossians, okay? The first two chapters have been pretty heavy and meaty, and, but Paul comes to the third chapter, and he kind of gets down to where the rubber meets the road. He gets kind of practical, and he wants to remind us a few things. Now, you remember in the first two chapters, he was warning the church. He was saying, hey, look, it is Christ and Christ alone. That's all you need. You don't need Christ plus legalism. You don't need Christ plus some mystical thing. You don't need Christ plus asceticism. You don't need philosophy. And just as it was in that day, it is today. We haven't changed. We haven't learned anything. We continue to make the same mistakes. But Paul comes here in chapter 3 and uh, I'm going to try to do the first 11 verses this morning, okay? It's either going to take 15 minutes or 45, just according where God takes me, okay? So bear with me. But I'm going to read the first 11 verses, and then we're going to pray, and then we'll just dive right in, okay? If you have your Bibles, I would highly recommend you turn to them, and if you don't, we'll have the words on the screen for you, okay? Paul starts out. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Dear Father God, Lord, I do come to you this morning. Lord, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for giving people the, the ability to write songs like the Holy Spirit. God, I do pray that is our, our prayer this morning. God, I pray. That we are open to your spirit, filling our hearts, filling this place. And God, I pray that your spirit will take me out. And that you will speak to our hearts. That we will hear a refreshing word from you, Lord. And we will not leave this place the same. God, please, don't let us be the same. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, in verse 1 here, Paul starts out, he says, Since then, 
Okay, and he's talking about, all right, we done went through first two chapters, and since we've already figured out Christ is all, we don't need anything else, just Christ. Okay, we don't need to get us a set of rules and try to follow them every day, going, oh, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did that. Okay, the day's good. No, no, it's Christ. It's all you need. So since then, you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. You know, I read several books in the last year, and I couldn't, I couldn't find it, and I couldn't remember which one. It was a guy who was telling a story about a, a man who had given his life to the Lord. And he was talking to him. He hadn't seen him in several months. He said, well, how's it going, man? And he said, well, you know, it's been hard. He said, I, I'm not sure I understand but I do know this. I wish somebody would have told me I had to die. And you know, I thought about it this morning. I wish I had a coffin sitting right here. Because you have to die to yourself. Okay? You have been raised in Christ. Okay? If you are here today and you have made that step across the line to salvation... Okay, that old self has to die. It has to go away. Okay? And if your old self hadn't died, if you're here this morning and you can really look at your life and go, you know, man, this Christ thing really ain't working for me because ain't nothing changed. Man, I thought I'd get in here and I thought I'd get me a book and read it every now and then and I'd get me a set of rules and I'd uh, see, oh, I can do that. No, I can't do that one. I can do this one and that one. And I thought it was all going to change, but it hadn't. So what's the youth? It's all just a bunch of junk. No. The problem is that you didn't die. Nobody likes death, do we? We worry about death all the time. And praise God that I really don't worry about it anymore. Matter of fact, there for a few years, I used to always talk, call myself a dead man walking. Then I had to figure out that I had to quit saying that because my wife didn't really like it. Okay? She didn't think it was funny. I thought it was funny. And I was just kidding because of my, my health issues. But the truth is, I'm a dead man walking. And you should be a dead man walking. It is not about us. It is about us giving our life to Christ, who crawled up on a cross and took it all for you and for me. All of my sin, all of my shortcomings. He took it and he died. And then he was raised again. And when I stepped across that line of salvation, I was raised again and I died. And that's what our life is supposed to look like. And he goes on. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Boy, we mess that up every day, don't we? <laughs> every morning we get out of bed, okay? And there's very few of us in here that can say, every day when you get out of bed, the first thing on your mind is heavenly things. Things are of above. No, the first thing on your mind is going to the restroom. And the second thing on your mind is getting your cup of coffee or your Dr. Pepper or something. And then, then we really get derailed. Because then we go sit in a chair. Oh, okay, i got to do this. Man, i got to get this done today. Man, if I can get that and that done. 
Maybe I can go do this because it's really what I want to do. I really don't want to do these first two things, but I got to do them. Uh, but I, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want, and I want, and I do, and I'll stop. No. The reason our minds aren't set on things above, the reason we get so easily derailed every day. Now, some days we have good days, don't we? Some days we get up and we, Lord, thank you for another day. Lord, this day's yours. God, please just get me out of the way and let me see what you have for me. Let me talk to who you have me to talk to. But so many times it doesn't happen that way, does it? Because we get derailed. And the problem is with our minds, okay, our minds are going... And if you hang around these young guys, their minds are going... And you just sit there and you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But our minds will never get there. Okay, our minds are never going to get there because... Paul told us in the first verse what all of this is about. Okay? The problem is our hearts. Our hearts desire. Okay? The thing that gets us up in the morning, the thing that makes us go through the day, the thing that puts us to sleep at night needs to be about God. Our desires have to be God's desires. The things that breaks God's heart has to break ours. And that means that that person way over there in Africa or that person way over there in India or that person across the hall. Okay? I meet people all the time. I talk about going places and they say, why are you going over there? I mean, I just don't understand why you're going over that other country because you got all this to do right here. And yeah, we do. And yeah, the things here ought to break your heart. Okay? But the things out over there ought to break your heart too. And if you can watch the news, and if you can go through your life, and none of that changes, if you just look at it, oh, the poor stupid people, they don't have a clue. you got to take a gut check, people. Your heart's desire is, has to be for our brother and sister in a foreign land. It has to be for our brother and sister in Canton. It has to be for our brother, our sister, our spouse, our kids in the other room. That's what God has called us to do. He hasn't called us to walk it down an aisle, come up here, shake the preacher's hand, say, oh, I just want to give my life to Christ. Oh, say a little prayer and then walk right out that door and nothing ever changes. Oh, well, I say nothing. Every now and then you go, oh, hey, praise God. Once a month, twice a month, you show up at church and you go, oh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Take me. Please take me. And then you walk right out, and you're going to your car, and you see somebody that made you mad last week. That's sorry, good for nothing, low down. No, no. The problem is our hearts. We didn't die because our hearts are evil. And unless our hearts' desires become God's desires, we're never going to change. Never. I mean... I know untold people who have almost memorized this book. Some of them are really godly and wonderful people. But just like the Pharisees of Christ's day, the Pharisees of our day all too often want to sit around. Man, 
Richard, you forget it. You ain't never gonna make it, buddy. You don't. You 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 don't even have. You don't even know what Colossians three wants at. So you're never gonna. No. 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 Pride comes before fall, people. And you can get all the knowledge, and just like in, in chapter two and chapter one, you can have all these rules and. You can follow them and you can check them off and you can do all of this stuff. But if your heart's bad, you're going to miss the whole life God has for you. You're never going to really enjoy His, his peace. You're never going to have His joy fill you. You're never truly, truly going to be able to stand in a church service and cry out, Holy Spirit. No. Because you're checking boxes. You're doing what you think you should do. And some of you are doing what you think you should do so you can go do what you want to do and not feel so bad about it. Huh. You're going, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm not as bad as I'm not as bad as Michael over there. I can do this. I'll just say a prayer later. I'll ask for forgiveness and God will forgive me. And he will forgive you. That is what's so amazing. He will forgive you. But that's not what he's called you to. If you've stepped across a line and you have been raised with Christ, then your heart's desire should be on things above. Your heart should break when God's heart breaks. And your mind should not be always focused on the things of this earth. And you know, the crazy thing about ministry... Some of us, we get pretty good, and we, we don't think about the things of this earth that much. I mean, for the most part, for the most part, I don't really care about money anymore. I just don't. I mean, I catch myself at times going, yeah, man, I wish I could win the lotto because then I could build a couple of new church buildings, and then I could do this, and then I could buy me a new tractor. You know, so, I mean, just I catch myself running there. But what really gets most ministers and what I really all too often struggle with, and if my wife says amen real loud, don't laugh, okay, is ministry. Okay? I get caught up in worrying about, are these chairs straight? Is the Coke box full? Do we have enough parking spots? Okay? Why are they doing that? I've told them a million times. Okay, no. And my heart's bad. At that moment, my heart, I have run back to the slop that I have come from. Because of my focus was not on heavenly things. My focus was on earthly things. And that's what all of this is. All of it is just stuff. Whether we have enough seats or we sit on the floor. And that's one of the, the most refreshing things I also too often get when I get to go on foreign missions, okay, is I get, to, I get to go worship in a building with no windows. I get to go worship underneath a green tarp and sit on a board across buckets. And I'm, it breaks my heart sometimes to say it, but I feel closer to God there than I do here sometimes. I feel closer to God there than I do in my own home. And it shouldn't be that way. And the problem is, is our hearts. We've got to get up every day 
and say, God, here I am. Please, God, please get me out of the way. Please give me the words to say and give me the wisdom when to keep my mouth shut. Because all too often, in a lot of churches and in a lot of Christians' lives, the more we study, the more we get to know, the more we want to talk. And that doesn't work either. Because then we think that we can help each other because of our great knowledge. And there comes that pride deal. And boom, there we go. And that takes more ministers out of the ministry. Pride and, and sexual misbehavior. And we're going to get to that. And it's because of our hearts. And it's not a deal that you can come to church one day a week and get an inoculation. I'm good for a week. Or I'm good for this month. I'm good till Easter, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I cut a double dose. No. No, if you are not connected with a body of believers, you are going to fail. This is not a solo game. It was never meant to be. You can read this book from the front to the, to the back, from cover to cover. And you will see it was not meant to be a solo thing. It was meant to be locking arms in arms. And just like the video, go out and serve the community. Because the community out there, this lost world that we live in, they don't get us. Okay? They do not understand us. And that's a good thing. Okay? Our families don't understand us sometimes. And that's a good thing. If your heart is focused on what God wants you to focus on and not what you want to focus on or what somebody else wants you to focus on or what your boss wants you to focus on, no. You have to start every day. You have to get up and go, okay, God, my heart desire today is that I will bring you glory and not me. And then he goes on, and here we are, the beginning of verse 3. For you died. That's, that's kind of a theme today, by the way. You died. You died. You're dead. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, yeah, amen, amen. When God looks down here and he sees Dick Patterson, do you know who he sees? Christ. Don't make any sense to me. None. How can he see Christ in me? The only way he sees Christ in me is because Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's it. And if you're here today and you've stepped across that line... When he looks at you, he sees Christ. Chew on that for a minute. When he looks up at Cody King back there in the back, he doesn't see Cody King's old life anymore. He doesn't see any of Cody's sins anymore. He sees Christ because Christ lives in Cody King. It's talking about life change. 
Your life has to change. If your life hasn't changed one iota, if at work, okay, where a lot of us spend most of our time, and I've, I've used my buddy so many times, He's a fireman for probably about 14 or 15 years, and he's at the admin building talking to the secretary, and they're going over some stuff, and he says, yeah, something about church, and she stops in mid-everything and looks at him and goes, you go to church? Man, I never saw that coming. Yeah. It's all he could do to keep from crying. He called me up going, man, what have I missed? And that's the problem with most people sitting in the church every Sunday. Okay? Because most of us are pretty good people. Okay? For the most part. If we don't use Christ as our, as our standard, okay? If we use the world as our standard, most people in here are pretty good people. I mean, somebody, you see somebody needs a help. Eight out of ten times you're going to help them, or five out of ten, you know? Or in the world's eyes, they look at you and go, oh, man, you're a pretty good guy. Oh, Mark Lumpson, he's a pretty good guy, you know. I like working around him because he, he, I never hear him cuss. And, you know, he's a pretty good guy. But that's not what they should be saying. They should be saying, man, <laughs> there's something wrong with Rusty Rankin. There, he's right, but he ain't all right. Or he's all right, but he ain't right. <laughs> Got it backwards. <laughs> and that's what we're supposed to look like. The reason people don't understand us is because we're hidden in Christ. The reason they don't understand the Bible or they don't understand what we're talking about is because they're blind. They haven't stepped across. When you stepped across, your eyes were open and your heart was open to the things of God. This world is not open to them. Okay? This world looks at us and goes, man, I want nothing to do with that bunch. But you know why they say that? Because that bunch down there, they do stuff on Sundays and every now and then, but most of the time when I'm around them, they look just like me. So they're a bunch of hypocrites. And yeah, we are a bunch of hypocrites. But we are being made new. Every day, our heart's desire and our minds have to be on things of God. Okay? If you, if you skip a day, it's okay. But if you skip a day, you skip two. And if you skip two, you skip three. And then it's a month. And then it's six months. And then it's ten years. I run into people all the time say, oh, I used to go to church. People, all they want to do is fight over the carpet color, or all they want to do is fight over whether the preacher was preaching the right words. And, and, and you know, last week when he used that one verse, that's not what that verse means. No, that's not. I, I've read it. I know. I know. It's not what that verse means. He's just a man. Brandon Backel is just a man. Brian Tate is just a man, and I'm just a man. And for whatever reason, God chose them. To use us. Don't make no sense to me. Okay? It's the same thing. When he looks at us and sees Christ, it doesn't make any sense to me. But when Christ appears, who is your... Uh, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know what that reminds me of? 
That reminds me of what he talked about in Romans. Okay. Here I go. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I should have it on the screen for you. My eternity is secure. Okay? Yeah. I want to get up every morning with my heart's desire on what God's desires are and my mindset on things above. But when I fail, okay, it's okay because he's there with me and he's going to pick me up and he's going to wash me off. But it doesn't mean that I just run out and fail all the time because I'm, no. He wrote in Romans 8, 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're here today, and you've ever sat in a church or you've ever talked to somebody that, that tells you, oh, look, you know, you're, you're doing all this wrong stuff. You, uh, you really don't know Christ and, uh, or you've lost your salvation because there are people out there that will tell you you can lose your salvation if you don't keep this set of rules. If you don't do one, two, three, four, five, your salvation's out the door. No! If you have truly made a profession of faith, you're secure. You can stumble all you want. You can run away like the prodigal son and go roll in the pig mess and wish that you could have their food. But Christ is always there waiting. He's sitting on the porch looking over the horizon. Come on. Come on. Get out of the mud. Come on, life's better than this. Here I am. Come on. But you have to turn and run back. But that set of rules that so many people try to live by, the same thing the Pharisees were trying to live by in their day, it doesn't work. It may look, make you look pretty on the outside when you're around the right people. But, even in a church setting, when the heat gets turned up, things don't go the way you like. That old heart's going to come out. And the only way you can keep that from happening is being plugged into the power source, to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has to live inside you. Now, yes, there is a whole lot of people out there, and we read it in Matthew that go around saying, oh, I love Jesus, and they're just wolves in sheep's clothing. And one day, and, and the sad thing is that some of them don't even know. They're so unconnected from the true power, they're connected into some legalistic or, or some other mystical philosophy. Oh, we're all going to go up the mountain on this trail and that trail, and we're all going to get there. No, Christ, Christ alone. He is supreme. That's it. Yes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Do you believe that or not? 
Because if you believe that, then all that other stuff, it's got to be false. Either Christ is who he said he was, or he pulled off the biggest scam ever in the history of the world. Or he was just a raving lunatic. What is he? What is he in your life? Forget everybody else. Forget your husband, your spouse, your kids, your mom, your dad, your grandmother. Forget it all. Just focus in on you for a minute. Who is Christ in your life? Because that is the question we really need to ask. And then in verses 5 through 11, Paul kind of starts stepping on our toes a little because he wants to remind us of our responsibility. Because if you've stepped across that line, you have a responsibility. His grace is sufficient, and it will always be there, but he has called you to be holy, because he is holy. What did Peter tell us? Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So here Paul goes. He says, put to death. Once again, there's death. You got to die. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You know what? Statistics tell me that about half you men in here have a pornography problem. Some of them are bad, some of them aren't so bad. And ladies, in this day and time, you're not. You're not out on that deal. There's a whole bunch of you ladies in here. Oh, you don't have a pornography problem, but you sure have a problem on how pretty you look and what you're dressed in because you want all the guys looking at you. You want everybody going, Woo, man, God sure blessed her. No, we're supposed to put all that beside behind us. It died. But what's really got me on this is at the end of this he put greed which is idolatry I spent a long time in my life chasing a dollar until I come to know the Lord and I still chased it for a while but the truth is there's a whole bunch of us sitting in here today that money is our idol greed is our idol there's so many of us in here today that our whole focus is on how much money we can make, how much money we can get in our IRA or in our 457 or our 401k, how secure we are. Get your security from Christ and Christ alone. Please. Greed takes more men out takes more ladies out and even takes a lot of pastors out because there's a whole lot of young men sitting over in seminary today that got their eyes on Andy Stanley and they're going oh man I want a church like that man you know you know he makes $150,000 a year that's what I want no I want to be Andy Stanley so I can reach more people that's what they should be saying And if you don't believe me, let me tell you real quick. I had a buddy going to Dallas Baptist. He's a fireman. And he doesn't get me completely, but 
he, he puts up with me. But he had a guy sitting in class with him that asked him that very question. He said, do you think it's wrong me going into ministry for the money? <laughs> and he looked at him and said, excuse me? He said, do you think it's wrong me going into ministry for the money? He said, yeah, I do, but you got a skewed mind of ministry because there's very few Andy Stanleys out there, okay? The big, I mean, the average church in America is still under 100 people. And most of those other guys don't get paid anything. But greed has us. There's so many of us in here that if, if, if we just really turned our hearts and our minds to God and turned loose of our checkbooks because we're worried about our security and we're worried about our 401s and we're worried about that new boat, that new tractor, and that new, and that new, and that new. What could we do for God? What would God's kingdom on this earth really look like if everybody in America, okay, said, all right, forget all this other stuff. Let's get laser focus on eternity. That was one thing about India and all the young men I met over there. They had a laser focus on eternity. Greed didn't have them. Them guys get out of seminary with sandals and a pair of pants and a shirt and if they're lucky, somebody donates them a bicycle and they go to walk. And I met a young man who had 42 villages that he was taking care of, over 100,000 people. He's lucky he had a motorcycle so he could make all these villages. Laser focus on eternity. They'll sleep in the dirt. They'll eat whatever they eat or they won't eat. Little sisters of compassion over there go to the slums, go to the leper colonies, and they give three years of their life there. And they wash the leopard skin. Or they love on these little kids with flies all over them. Greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And a lot of books say coming to the disobedience. A lot of... And the wrath of God is coming. If you've read this book, you know that. Okay? I don't know if it's coming tomorrow, if it's coming a thousand years from now. And I don't care how smart anybody out there says they are. They can, they've got some educated guesses, but they don't know. But it is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. That life died, right? It died. We're dead. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Oh, man, he did get on our toes then, didn't he? Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian. And you know that Scythian, if you read much about them guys, <laughs> they were as bad as they come. They killed their, they killed their opponents and ate them, boiled their blood. But Christ loved them and he died for them just like he loves us and died for us. All right. 
I got you some homework this week. Three questions I want you to chew on all week. And I bet you can guess the first one. The first question is, if, is your heart's desire the same as God's desires? Go home. Spend some time alone with God and talk to Him. And really look in a mirror and figure out where your heart's desire is. Because it all starts there. If your heart's not right, nothing's going to be right. Question two. Is your mind set on things above or is it set on earthly things? If you spend all your time worried about work and worried about making money or worried about doing this or having this fun or playing golf or whatever it is your mind's running on all the time, you need to go back to question one and see where your heart's desire really is. And the last question is, have you truly given your life to Christ or have you just added Christ to your life? And that's where the majority of the Christian church is today. They hadn't given their life. They hadn't died. They hadn't given their life to Christ. They just said, that sounds good, and I better get me some of that. Got me a little fire insurance tucked in my pocket here. Where's your hearts, people? Where are your hearts? If we get our hearts right, our minds will get right. And Christ won't just be a little part of our life that we do on Sundays or once a month or twice a month. He will be our life, and our life is hidden in His. Let us go out of here today and go live a life worthy of our calling, worthy of Christ crawling on a cross and dying for me. May my life mean something for Christ. Let me pray. Dear Father God, I just, uh, Lord, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for loving us. God, please break us. God, please, please break our hearts, break our minds. God, give me the strength to die each day and pick up my cross and follow you. Give each of us that strength. Give each of us eternity stamped on our eyes, Lord, so whenever we look, whatever way we look, whether it's left or right, we see eternity and we see a world dying without you, Lord. Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you for loving me. It was in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.